If you have your Bibles and you would turn with me in the book of Joshua, chapter 7. And I'd like to read verses 6 through 13. The book of Joshua, chapter 7, verse 6 through 13, beginning with verse 6. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel had put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ us around, and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. If we're ever going to receive what we need to receive from God, if we're ever going to be blessed the way that God intends for us to be blessed, if we're ever going to receive the miracle that we need to receive, we've got to take away the accursed thing from among us. We've got to get rid of that which besets and takes us away from what God wants us to have and what we should have. And I would like to speak to you just simply the thought uh, that, that got my attention in the first verse that I read, which was simply it said, that they, the elders of Israel, put the dust upon their heads. I'd like to talk to you just uh, simply speak and preach to you about simply stirring up the dust. We need to stir up the dust uh, today if you want to receive that which you want to receive from God. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you lift your voices, lift your hands, and let's begin to talk to the Lord, and let's begin to see what God has in store through His Word today. God, I praise You. God, I lift You up. God, You're amazing. God, uh, You're uh, omnipotent. You're great today. You're uh, a majesty, Lord. You're a King of kings and Lord of lords. You're everything to me today. You're everything uh, to Your people today, God. God, let us not waver. Let us not let things uh, set us back from what You want us to do. 
put us in the forefront, God, of your work, of your kingdom, God, of your glory. But let us put you in the forefront of our lives, God. Let your presence dwell. Let your presence, God, begin to uh, seek out and begin to search souls. Uh, God, we ask, Lord, that you would just pierce our hearts with your word today, God. We ask, Lord, that it would the anointing would flow, God, and it would just uh, dwell in this place of worship, God. We give you the praise. We give you the glory today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Why don't we just give the Lord some praise right now? He's worthy of everything today. He's worthy of all things today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to stir up some dust. Amen. We need to stir it up today. Joshua and the elders... We find in the Scripture, tore their clothing and put dust upon their heads. This was a sign of great mourning. Mourning before God. And they, we find, were confused by the defeat from such a small city called Ai. And this was after such a great victory at Jericho. Here was this small city, Ai, that was just simply insignificant, not great. As far as army or the city itself. But we find that this city, I.A., defeated them greatly. And they were confused by the defeat. They went before God in deep humility and sorrow and mourning. And they began to stir some dust. And put it on them to indicate sorrow, repentance, and forgiveness and mourning. They were ashamed and they were at the place where they could receive further instructions. We get to that place many times in our lives where we win victories, we climb mountains, we center our attention away from God, we stay on the mountain and never come back down again. We fail to give God the praise and the thanks. We feel like we are king of the mountain at a particular time in our lives, our walk with God, and then all of a sudden, He has to knock us down again so that we will talk to Him and get away from ourselves. The place where we can receive instructions is in the difficult places. It's there that we are willing to listen. Is that where we're at today? Is that where you're at today? Are you at the place where you can listen to God? Are you at the place where you will hear that voice, whatever the instructions are laid out for you in your life and your family and what your what the Lord's will is for you to do to carry on and further the work of His His kingdom? My friend, today we need to get to that place. We need to get to that place where God can talk to us. It may have it may be where we have to get knocked down. It may be where we have to go through some difficulties. It may be where we have to go through a trial. It may be where uh, we have to go through uh, some hard uh, times. But my friend, bring it on because it's at that place where we can receive further instructions about what it is that God wants to do in His plan for our life. But they received instructions when the dust was on their faces. They were mourning. They had just won a major battle. 
It was an insult because the city of Ai had defeated them. But they humbled themselves so that they could hear from the Lord. If you can't hear or receive your miracle today, my friend, you need to humble yourselves. Matthew 18 and 4 says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same as greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 23 and 12, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. James 4 and 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. 1 Peter 5 and 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore into the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Stir up some dirt. Put it on your face. Let God see your sincerity. Enter the prayer room with the dirt stirred and the dirt on your face. Approach others with the dirt on your face. A good spirit, a loving spirit, an humble spirit. They did this because they needed instruction. They did this because they lost a battle that they thought they should have won. Are you at that place today? Have you have you been, went through a battle? Have you lost one that you thought you had in the bag? You thought that hey, this was supposed to work out this way. I was, was supposed to receive it this way. This was supposed to happen uh, uh, this way, but it didn't. My friend, God may be humbling you. He may be bringing you to a place where you need to stir up some dust and say, God, I'm going to put on the dirt. I'm going to put on the dust. I'm going to put it on my face because that indicates that I'm being humble. That I'm I'm not, I'm not letting pride uh, sit in. That I, I, I have been on the high too much and it's been all about me. And it's been all about myself. I'm breaking the pride of walls down. I'm breaking the chains of selfishness down. I'm going to put the dirt on my face. I'm going to stir it up and put a little, bone up, a little bit on it because it's there that you see my sincerity. We need to stir up some dirt and put it on our face. Let God see the sincerity. My friend, we need to do this today. They did this because they needed instruction. Some people are too proud. They want to apply the dirt on their face because it looks bad. My friend, this this walk with God is not about looks. It's not about uh, 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 trying to get somebody's approval or get somebody's attention or trying to uh, 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 appeal, appease somebody's feelings about this. But my friend, it was a representation behind it. Humility. If you have a proud spirit, a non-loving spirit, a better than anyone else attitude, an attitude of I don't have to listen to anyone, I don't have to worship, I can give when I want, I can do as I please and attend the house of God when I want to, you won't be blessed. You can't receive instructions. And that's why some people can't ever line up because they can't be humble and can't be in the place in their life to receive instruction, they won't take the time uh, to put on the dirt and stir it up and put it on their face. Hallelujah. They wanted to receive instructions. I'm telling you, when you go through some things in your life, you can you can be put in that position. I'm telling you, uh, from a, a preacher from experience, you know, the, you, you can get on that high for so long and you can say, I, you can get to the point where I'm doing this all by myself. I don't need anybody else. I don't need God. We don't intentionally mean that, but sometimes uh, we get in that state where everything just seems to be going uh, rosy. Everything is going right. But my friend, to receive instructions, sometimes when you're on that high when everything is just going right the next turn it's like okay where do i go now where do I, what direction am i headed now and it's there we can't seem to find god anymore it's because god has said hey look you, you were doing pretty good on your own there i thought i'd let you go but we find that god has to bring us to that place and they were at the place they had had the the victory at jericho 
How many church services have we shouted and got the victory and, and you prayed for a miracle and you got the miracle, you got your healing, you, you, you just needed a financial blessing and the Lord blessed you with that job and you just, oh, you got on the, on the mountain and you just, everything was just going so great and you got all excited. Hey, you, 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 uh, the walls of Jericho, the, the battle was yours. You defeated the enemy. Everything, uh, that it was just going, uh, your way. And then all of a sudden, um, a little bitty battle, a little bitty situation occurs. The battle of Ai. And we find that, hey, I don't even need God. I don't have to spend time in prayer on this one. Hey, I'm still, I, I, this is still carrying over from the victory from the last one. I can just, you know, I, matter of fact, I wouldn't even have to come to church tonight. I got something else that I've got to do. But, hey, I'm, I'm still excited. This is still going to carry over. The Lord is going to help me with this little battle. And the next thing you know, you turn around and the little bitty city of Ai defeated you. The little bitty uh, problem that you was dealing with, that you thought was nothing to it. Maybe the, uh, the, the fact that you were supposed to get the raise, or maybe you were supposed to uh, uh, have uh, somebody uh, that you were supposed to uh, witness to that something didn't work out the way it was supposed to. Maybe you lost the job, or maybe you lost a, a deal at work or something that, that just you thought was in the bag. And then you lost it, and it's like, wait a minute. This is not supposed to happen this way. Joshua and the elders didn't know what to do. When Joshua first went against Ai, he didn't consult God. He relied on his own strength of his army. My friend today, don't rely on your own strength. Don't underestimate the adversary. Don't live off of yesterday's blessings and victory. Every day is a new fight. Only after they were defeated did they turn back to God for help. How many times have we done that? The only way you'll come back to God is when you're in defeat. While you're winning and the victory is, is all yours. We don't even think about God, but when it's over with and we've been defeated, you have no choice but to come back. But too often we rely on ourselves and others. Our own skills, our own strength, especially when the task appears to be so easy. We tend to go to God only when things are too great. Only God knows what lies ahead. We should and must consult Him. Even when we are on a winning streak, when we are on the mountaintop, even when we have money in the bank, it will save us from making grave mistakes in our lives. A huge misunderstanding that may take place in the long run. Putting dirt on our face, stirring it up, helps us to learn our lesson and prepare for the next battle, even if it's a small opponent like I.A. Stirring up the dust and putting it on our face is an indicator that we had removed pride and bitterness and harsh feelings towards someone. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing today. God is everlasting. Joshua was afraid, just like you and myself. He was confused by what was happening around him. He poured out his real feeling and thoughts to God. You know what? That's what we need to do today is pour out your real feelings toward God. 
Some of us, we, we express our feelings uh, to each other. We express our feelings to God. I've heard people say, oh, I love the Lord. But if you really loved Him, why don't you live for Him? Oh, I love God with all my heart. I read His Word. Why don't I see you with your Bible every now and then at the house of God? Why don't I see you testifying about the goodness of Jesus? Why is it that you're always down? There's never uh, a rejoicing moment that I see in your personal life or even in your spiritual life. My friend, today we have so many people. People that are professing but not possessing today. We need to do more than professing today. My friend, we need to realize uh, that there are opponents out there that are much greater than I. But there's also little small battles that must be won. And the only way that you're going to uh, be successful, that you're going to be victorious, is that you got to pour out your real feeling and thoughts to God. You know how you pour out your real feelings? You know how I can tell somebody uh, loves the Lord? It's not when somebody comes to the house of God and says, Hey, I pray. I fasted this week. It's not when I'm downtown and somebody says, Brother David, I just thought I'd let you know that I've been fasting and praying. I've been just walking with God. You don't have to tell me. I can really care less. I don't care what you say, what you do. Action speaks louder than words. I can tell when a person loves the Lord because, first of all, they'll walk through the doors of the house of God. And I'll, first of all, realize that, hey, they love God. They're here. But not only are they here, but they begin to stir up some dust in their life. They begin to set away a pride and bitterness and jealousy. They begin to put away the cares and affairs of this world and they begin to walk in the place of worship. And you know what? You don't have to tell me, but when you lift your hands and you begin to cry out to Jesus when the first song is played and you begin to... There's a dance in your step and you begin to rejoice and you begin to jump up even though I know that you're going through some difficulties, even though I know that you haven't been able to find a job in several months, even though I know that your family is all in shambles and everything is going... uh, uh, just the opposite direction and the bills can't seem to be paid and you, you your prayer request has been for the past three months that I just got I, I can't hardly make it in my family we're just having a difficult time but I can tell you really love the Lord because you don't sit down and complain about the problems and all the poor little things that's going on in your life but the person that loves God is the person that gets up on their feet when everything has failed and went wrong in their family their life but they begin on to get on their feet and they begin to rejoice and cry out to God, I love you, I love you. And they begin to sing praises. They begin to shout and they begin to rejoice. And when the man of God begins to preach, they're the first ones to jump up and say, Amen, Hallelujah. Preacher, preacher, I just want to just see the Lord do something for somebody. They're not concerned about themselves, but they're concerned about the sinner sitting a couple rows in front of them or the sinner that is uh, behind them or next to them because when the altar call comes, they're not worried about running to the preacher. Asking, oh, you got to pray for us. We're still going through this. But they're worried about the saint that's on the altar that's beginning uh, to pray and wanting to need uh, to, to get salvation in their lives. That is a person that loves God. That is a person that really, truly loves God. The sincerity. The dirt is on the face. There's sincerity. There's humility there. There's an humbleness there. You can see it. You can see it with your own eyes. When I see a person just worshiping God and praising God and just living holy for God and begin to praise and worship and just pray for somebody just pouring out their soul in the altar. I see dirt. I see dust stirred up. I see it on their face because what it is is they said, hey, look, I can't 
win the battle by myself. I gotta have the Lord on my side. I gotta have Him with me every day of my life. The dirt, put the dirt on my face because I'm, I have nothing to be ashamed of. The Bible says, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. My friend, put a little dirt on my face. Put it on because I need to represent uh, something that's sincere, something, something that is a uh, humility today. My friend, it's the only way we're gonna win the battle. It's the only way that we're gonna be victorious today. But Joshua was going through trials and valleys and difficult times just like you and myself. But my friend, he looked at it in a different light than we do. He poured out his real feelings and thoughts to God. First Peter 1 and 7 says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found and to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Why can't we look at it like that? We look at trials. We look at problems. We count the problems. We count the, the troubles. We get all down and out of sorts about it. That's not God. That's not what, what we're supposed to have on the inside of us. He said the trial of your faith. That means the one, the biggie, the one that is just really come and confronted you and everything when the doctors say hey you've got this and this is nothing I can do but God that's a trial for your life that's something you've got to have a stat when they say your family some somebody uh, a loved one or somebody is is on drugs or alcohol and there's no that we can't seem to reach them God that may be the trial for that mother in your life that for that child that you want to see saved whatever it is it said count it as joy, count it as just as it being precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire. We try the, the, the gold and the fire with our faith in God. But Joshua wasn't afraid. It's like gold. A believer looks at it that way, not the world. Joshua poured out his real thoughts to God. He realized that hiding your real needs from God is like ignoring Him. God welcomes honest prayer. He saw that in the heart of Joshua and the elders, he saw that in the face, when they entered with the dirt on the face, he knew they had been stirring up some dust because they had to do so to put it on their face. And they were mourning and pouring out their souls to God. Joshua 7 and 10, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? God saw what was in the heart, but He also saw what was on the face of Joshua and the elders. God will not protect Israel's army until sin was removed. We find God is not content with our doing what is right some of the time. He wants us to do what is right all of the time. We are under His orders to rid our lives of anything that hinders our devotion to Him. Because he said in verse 13, Sanctify the people, sanctify yourselves. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. There is a reason that you lost the battle at I. There is a reason that you're going through what you're going through. Somebody today ought to wake up and say, Look, something's going wrong in my life. Something's not making any sense. Something is going backwards. I'm not going forwards. I'm, I'm losing everything. I'm losing control, my family, my life, everything. Somebody needs to wake up to that Scripture 
and, 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 and come to the realization that there is an accursed thing in the midst. There's something that is that's not panning out. Something is is not making sense. And the Lord said, until you take it away, the accursed thing from among you, you cannot be blessed. You cannot win the next victory. I don't know what your victory is. Some people think we're talking about fighting a battle with the actual uh, people, but I, we're, we're talking about a spiritual battle. We're talking about a battle that you're facing every day in this world. We're talking about depression. We're talking about sickness. We're talking about uh, the way people mistreat, the way, the way people act, and, and, and so forth, attitudes. We're dealing with spirits. We're dealing with all kinds of, of things, uh, just just the, in the ever-common-day life. But my friend... We can be victorious. You can get up and not be depressed. You can get up and not be sad. You can get up and have a song in your heart. and, and, and a, 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 You can have an extra step. Lord, uh, can give you strength to help you make it through a day maybe that you've been having trouble facing from time and time again. But He, he, he began to... Uh, Tell them to sanctify the people. Sanctify yourself. You know how you do that? You've got to cleanse yourself. You've got to get all of that that is your past and all of that uh, that, that has held you uh, from getting to where you need to be with God. Some people won't come to church because it's like, I, I've had such a bad past. I, I've done so many wrong things. I, nobody would, would, would accept me. See, that's, that's just guilt. That's, that's the adversary's trick. That's just uh, what, what what you need to take care of. That's conviction that's taking place in your life. But he said, sanctify yourselves. Purify yourselves because that's the only way that they were going to begin to cross Jordan. It was their approach to God. They could not cross Jordan until they sanctified themselves, purified themselves. You know, we do that in an altar of repentance. I don't care what it is that you have done. Whatever you may label as sin, a medium sin, a great sin, an extra large sin, whatever you consider great, or whatever you would consider a bad thing that you've done in your life, it does not matter. Because when you go to the altar of repentance and you ask the Lord to forgive you, He forgives your sins. And when He forgives you, there's a cleansing that then takes place. That's just the first step. There's a cleansing that takes place when you're baptized in the name of Jesus. What He does is you take on His likeness and you begin to wash away those sins. And they're gone forevermore. And then it's there that there is a clean place that allows God to live inside of you. And that is where the Scripture says... I will not dwell in an unclean temple. When you ask for forgiveness through repentance, He forgives you. When you're baptized in His name, He washes away those sins. So the cleaning process has taken place. You're purified. Then God dwells on the inside of you. And that's where the Holy Ghost comes in. Amen? That's where you're filled with the, the power of God, which is the Holy Ghost. And it is there that He can live and dwell on the inside. And He has a comfortable place to live. He has a clean place to live. Somebody today, you need to make preparation today. You need to purify your life today. You need to stir up some dust, first of all. It starts with dirt. Amen. We began with dirt when He created us, and it's going to end with dirt. 
But we find that, that, that the dirt was, the dust was stirred up and it was put on the face. And it was act of humility. It was, oh God, forgive us. For we as a nation have sinned. We as Israel have sinned. We've lost this battle to I. We weren't supposed to lose this battle, God. Now, we are repenting. We're asking forgiveness. And then he said, you must sanctify, purify yourselves. And that's where he said, that's why you've got to give up any sin. Anything that has caused a, a, a sin in your life to keep me from helping and being a part of the battle. And it was there that they sanctified themselves. They were constantly reminded of their sinfulness, but also of His holiness. I believe that today that so many people say, but I'm going to always be reminded of my sins. They're washed away, but the adversary's trick is to remind you of the past. But my friend, what you need to always focus and concentrate on is His holiness. If you want to forget your past, concentrate and focus your life. Redirect your thoughts toward holiness. His holiness. The more holy, the more righteous that you can live, the better that it will help you overcome your past mistakes. And the mistakes, the sins and things that you have done that you regret. But the dirt must always be clean. It's good to stir up the dust, but it is on the face in humility towards God. But He will forgive and forget. But the dirt has to go. When He forgives, cleansing must take place. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, He forgets every sin. He washes it away forever. The dirt must be present in the prayer room. Or when we approach God, but purification must start. You can't cross Jordan until you've been cleansed. My friend, before we can go to that promised land that He's prepared, heaven, we must be purified. We must be ready to cross over. We can, we can stir the dust, but there's something special when God begins to stir the dust. Amen? When He begins to stir the dust, things happen. Genesis 2 and 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. With just a stir of dust, he created man. Genesis 2 and 8, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. With just a stir of dust, trees, plants, gardens, and food was produced. Genesis 2 and 9, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for a food, the tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I have said this many times before, but God created something great from dirt. He created you and He created me. And some people look at it and say, Oh, I just, you know, uh, they don't like dirt. They, we talk about how... Uh, nasty and how uh, dirty uh, that it is, you know, the ground. But you know what? God, and I've told the church this on many occasions, that, you know, when the devil tries to tell us that we're like dirt, we're like the ground, that we're nothing, we're nobodies, we're low compared to anybody else. Well, the thing that uh, just excites me and encourages me and should encourage you is that a beautiful flower, when you see a flower begin to bloom, you see the petals, you see the beauty of that flower, that that flower had to go through some dirt first before it could be beautiful. And my friend, today, let me tell you, you may have to go through some persecution. You may have to go through some things in your life. 
You may have to go through some dirt, maybe, that somebody is just uh, throwing out at you. But my friend, just shine for Jesus. Just keep the victory. Keep the joy. Because one thing about it, you may have to go through some dirt, but sooner or later, the blessings of God are going to show forth because His fruitfulness is going to be uh, uh, examined by those around you because that flower will uh, break through the dirt and will one day bloom so that everybody can see what it is that God wants you uh, uh, to be in your life. But with just the stir of dust, he created man. That's how great God is. When Jesus stirred the dirt, things began to happen. John 9 and 6, it says, When He had thus spoken, He spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. He took the dirt which He spit on. And when He took that dirt, it turned into clay. When you put a little water to it, it begins to turn to clay. It begins to turn to mud. And He said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing the neighbors therefore and they which before had seen him that he was blind said, Is not this he that said and begged? Jesus can stir some dirt if you need healing. If you need healing, all God has to have is a handful of dirt. Just a little bit of dirt. And he can heal. He can heal the blind. He can heal the lame. He can touch somebody today that's going through whatever it is that you're facing. Your sickness today. I don't care what disease. I don't care what problem. I don't care what it is that you have that they've diagnosed. My friend today, Jesus can stir some dirt if you need your healing. Jacob in the book of Genesis chapter 28 came upon a certain place and tarried there all night. He made his bed upon the ground with some pillars of stone. And as he began to sleep, God began to stir some dirt. That's right, he took the dirt that he was laying on. He took the stones that he had made as a pillar. And he began to stir some dirt. I'm talking about the Lord. Jacob was in need of a change of scenery in his life. He was on the run from Esau. He was needing to get some instructions from God. Jacob was close to the ground, so he had plenty of opportunity uh, to put a little dirt on his face and, and, and get to the place of instruction that he needed to be. Somebody needs to get this today. He got to the place where he was showing God, I'm sincere about this. My life's a wreck. I've got to have something right now on this dirt floor. But he didn't expect it to be there. He thought it would be at another place. Maybe at the well. Maybe at the river somewhere. But not on the dirt floor at the night uh, when he was all alone and by himself and scared half to death. But we find that Jacob was close to the ground. And we find that he gave up. He turned it over to Jesus. And he began to sleep. My friend, he dreamed of a ladder. You know what was happening? Jesus was stirring up some dirt in his life, some dust. He dreamed of a ladder, a ladder set up on the ground, the dust which was the earth. The top reached heaven. Angels began to ascend and descend on it. The Lord stood above it and said, The land, the dust, in other words, where you stand, I will give it to you and to your seed. Genesis 28 and 14, And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. My friend, Jesus stirred some dirt. He said, Behold, I'm with thee. I will keep thee. I will bring you to the land which I promise. I will not leave thee until I have done it. Jacob awoke and realized that while he was asleep, some dust had been stirring. Surely the Lord is in this place, a dirt floor, and I knew it not. He didn't expect his miracle and blessing was going to be on a dirt floor out in the middle of nowhere. If you're in a low place in your life today, don't pray for the Lord to take you somewhere else to receive it because it can happen 
right here and now in your trial. It doesn't seem like God would be here in my terrible place in my life. But when God comes through this place that you consider bad, this place that you consider a place where God uh, couldn't possibly be, you can say the Lord was here in this place and I knew it not. Genesis twenty-eight seventeen, and he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. God can take a dreadful place, situation, person, or whatever, stir up the dust and make something happen out of nothing. The Bible says Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stones that were his pillows and set up a pillar and poured oil upon it on top of it and called it Bethel, which means the house of God. And closing the only dirt some people stir is trouble. They stir up things in the church that don't need to be stirred up. With other churches, other people. You need to quit stirring dirt like this. I'm talking about a different kind of dirt today. You need some dirt that you can put on your face and humble yourselves before God. Wait for further instructions. The book of Isaiah simply says to enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of His majesty. Matthew 10 and 14 says, And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. You know what that meant? Whenever the apostles, whenever they would go to a place where they were not welcome, and they would do their deed, they would do what it is that the Lord had instructed them to do. Whether they accepted it or whether they didn't, the Bible was by tradition that if you were somewhere where you were unwanted, that what you would do is you would just shake off the dust of your feet when you left there to go to your next place. What I'm telling somebody today is that there's been a lot of dirt stirred up in maybe your life that you've had to deal with over the years. And this message, you can turn around and you can look at this dirt as being your answer because the dirt that I'm talking about is the kind that you need to put on your face. I'm not talking about just actually putting on dirt on your face today. What I'm trying to say is we need to humble ourselves before the Lord. And when we do that with a willing heart and a sincerity, it's like putting the dirt on our face and saying, God, I'm willing to give my all and surrender everything to You. That's what I'm talking about today. That's what I'm talking about. But the Bible talked about the apostles and these people when they would go and preach. And the, they, the people would not accept this. They would shake the dirt off their feet, the dust, and go on to the next place. They had done all that they could do. They did what God instructed and wanted them to preach and say. Those people rejected that. So that's all they could do. 
Somebody today, you're going through rejection, you're going through depression, you're going through all kinds of problems. Everything, even some of the ones that's been in this thing a long time, seems like every time that you get to where you need to be in God, that something else seems to be a roadblock in your life. But you don't need to get discouraged. You don't need to get down. You don't need to be disappointed. You need to just keep doing what you're doing. You need to just keep living for God. You need to just keep being faithful. Keep giving. Keep doing that which you know is good unto the Lord. But when you leave, no matter if people talk about you, if they run you down, if they're bitter, if things just seem to fall apart, don't, don't, don't be discouraged. Just shake off the dust. Amen. Stir up the dust a little bit. But you can go home and put a little dust on your face in the prayer room and say, God, I shook the dust off. I'm, I'm letting these problems be problems and I'm putting them behind me because I know that you're going to come through for me. I know that you're going to answer my need today. God is saying for somebody to stir up the dust. God is wanting somebody to stir it up. We need an act of humility. We need humbleness today. And you do that. You may have lost a battle. You may have lost a bunch of battles. But the next battle that we face is the next important thing. Whatever we're facing today is important. Yesterday's behind us. Let's look forward to today, the future. That's what we're trying to do. My friend, today we need to stir up the dust today. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands? Can we ask the Lord to bless us? God, we praise you. God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your power, God. We thank you for everything that you do. God, teach us today to stir up the dust. Let us approach your throne with humility. God, we thank you, God, for your mighty power, God. You're so worthy of everything, Jesus. Thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus.